The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question? I think we're going to need more lead time every week. I need to make a longer song. Internet is very slow up here today. <laughs> the more unprepared I am, the longer the song has to be. You could bring me up just a little. All right, I just got to get on the Methuen sound off page because we know Steve Gills loves this show. All righty. I'll try and multitask. We are doing a show today, right? Is that okay? <laughs> She's already giggling. I think that's a good sign. It's a great sign already, right? I'm still here, still alive. That's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of digging the tattoos earlier too. Appreciate it. All righty, let's get this show on the road, shall we? Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's up. Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. I want to thank our sponsors, McClendon Real Estate, Sam and Janet and, and Matt and everybody over at uh, McClendon Real Estate. If you're looking to buy a house, sell a house, you just want to get your house appraised, make sure you give them a call. They do great things for the community. They help us with the TMF family dinner for the homeless on Wednesday nights. Uh, they're always doing stuff out in the uh, community to help people. And they're always the people who say, don't thank us on your show. Can you please just stop doing that? Because people, because a lot of people out there who do it because they just want to do it, they don't want to be thanked. Then there's people out there that do it because they want their name in the paper and they want to get thanked. So I always try to go out of my way. The people that say, don't thank me, don't put my name in the paper, those are the people I try to thank publicly. Um, AFC Urgent Urgent Care, we love Lisa Williams. Uh, You want to get a COVID-19 test. I don't even know why you would want to do that now, but if you want to do that, uh, you go online. You sign up, they give you a time, you drive up, you don't even have to leave your car, they take care of you. Uh, EIS Investigations, and they also do, EIS does uh, gun training. We sent them um, a couple of uh, customers the other day there, Ben. They're about to have two new customers very soon. Are they really? Yes, sir. Well, that's good to know because I think they only sponsor the show because they like us. I don't think they really plan on getting any business out of it. Well, they're getting two new ones. I know, and plus my two, so that's four in a week. So that more than pays for the ads. Hopefully. Hopefully, if Joe Solomon's listening, they'll be back. Ron Marchand and Sun Construction, we love those guys. Uh, we're trying to get Ronnie on the show. I'm actually going to try and book him for the second week in November, like when the election's over. Right? We'll try and have him come in because we're trying to get him to run for running against Steve Saber in Methuen in the East End. And people are saying, geez, but Tom, if you do that, if you do that, you could knock off Eunice Ziegler. And you could be stuck with Steve Saber anyway. And, I, and my position is, given the way some of these votes have gone lately, uh, I'm okay with that, maybe. Maybe. Oh, the tide is turning. Well, listen, I mean, I'm watching the votes. I'm just watching. It doesn't matter how nice you are. It doesn't matter how hard you work to me. What matters is the results. And when I see the results of the vote, um, sometimes I'm pretty disappointed in, in Eunice. I, I think overall she does a good job. But I think on some of the big issues, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. So I'm, I'm mulling it. But either way, I think we're going to try and get um, Ronnie Marsan to run. Uh, who else do we have left? State Representative Jeff DeFore. Um, I think we've got him in next week. I'm trying to book him and uh, Lenny Mara for next week. They're on the ballot. They're both Republicans. They're both sponsoring the show. Um, it would be nice if some Democrats sponsored the show. It would be nice if we could do some debates, too. But none of the Democrats want to debate. None of the Democrats want to debate. I talked to the Republicans. They say, yep, of course, we're, we're, we're in. And I asked the, the Democrats, and they're like, we're going to win by 90%. What do we need to debate for? <laughs> right? In Massachusetts, it's going to be like every single Republican is going to lose. Every single Republican, except for Bruce Tarr, because he's got nobody running against him. But I think every, every Republican's in trouble, because you get all these Democrats, and they're so pissed about Donald Trump. They're going to come out, they're just going to go D, straight down the, straight down the ticket. 
And I think guys like Jeff DeFore and I think guys like Kelkos uh, uh, and, uh, and our buddy Lenny Mirror, I think they're in trouble. So um, give them a vote, write them a check, contact them, ask them how you can uh, hold signs on Election Day. They'd appreciate that. Clear Path New England, who's with us today. Uh, we're going to introduce them in a couple of seconds. And I haven't been saying it out loud, but it's been running on the screen. But JG's Ice Cream. Is, act, is actually an official sponsor now. For like a year, we just gave them free plugs because we liked them. And um, and I got like the, this, this mysterious check for like, I don't know how much, whatever it was in the, in the mail the other day. So I'm like, all right, so now we got to make sure we let everybody know that even though we were telling them to go there anyway before, now they really got to go over to Gigi's Ice Cream. And they get the best ice cream around anyway. It's right across the street from here. So what are you guys doing after? Do you want us to stop across the street for Gigi's Ice Cream? Sounds Maybe. Like plan. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I'm down. All right, awesome. And you got a dog with you, so we'll even get, I'll, even, I'll even pay for your dog's ice cream if he wants ice cream. That's very nice that's, of you. That's just the kind of guy that I am. Thanks for throwing me well, a bone, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's just kind of how I am. Once he gets to know me, he's going to find out how not true any of that is. But <laughs> for now, let's just uh, a free plug for North Andover Car Wash, Don's Sign Tech, both in North Andover. Uh, and another free plug for our pal, uh, Joe Silverio at Four Star Lighting, who I think is going to be here right after the election. So we might have him and Lenny in at the same time. Him, Lenny, no, him, um, Ronnie Marsan. We'll probably have them at the same time. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to forego my normal uh, ranting at the beginning of the show about stuff that's going on, but I do want to touch on two things. I was watching the Methuen City Council meeting. Those of you in Methuen who are most of uh, 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 the vast majority of people who listen to us on audio are from Methuen, which I love. Um, the vast majority of people who watch us on Facebook are from like all over. It's like Andover, North Andover, Salem, New Hampshire, Worcester, Boston. But we've noticed on the audio downloads, it's mostly Methuen. So we, we try to try to up, update you guys on what's going on in Methuen. Um, so last week there was a city council meeting. I was a little stunned um, because every once in a while a broken clock is, uh, is what is it, what's the expression, right twice a day or something like that? I knew I'd get that. Um, so I'm watching Jimmy McCarty, who really just everything that he does, uh, Methuen City Council, Methuen City Council President, uh, almost everything he does has to do with like, who he hates in his personal politics. And they're, they're going after Greg Gallant. He's a Methuen police captain. And he's been slandering him and attacking him publicly now for about a year and a half. And they're in court, which is not a smart thing to be publicly attacking somebody you're in court with because then it becomes part of the court proceedings. Like they bring that in and go, see, this goes to prove your bias against the captain, et cetera, et cetera. So when he started talking, I'm like, oh boy, here comes another lawsuit like Methuen needs that. And come to find out, they sh they, there's a videotape of the night that Captain Gallant got approved by the city council, and it looks like there might have been some shenanigans with the vote. Now, I'm not sure how this, how this shakes out, but I guess one counselor left the table so that there would be enough votes for him to get it, because he needed two-thirds, right? So I think it was Sean Fountain. Somebody got up and left the table because he wouldn't have had the votes with him at the table, so he get up and left so that the yes votes would be the two-thirds, and he would sail through. And now uh, Jim McCarty is claiming that that's, that was an illegal vote. So let's just say for the sake of argument that it is an illegal vote. Let's say that what the city council did was wrong. I don't think it's going to make a difference. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to demote the captain to lieutenant and then ask him to give all the money back? I don't think they're going to do that, right? He's been working as a lieutenant, civil service, approved him as a lieutenant. His official rank at the state, I'm sorry, captain, is captain. Um, he's been getting captain's pay. He's been acting as a captain. So I'm not sure what this is, other than attacking him because there's a lawsuit, I'm not sure what this accomplishes, right? If it was an illegal vote. Now, I'm not sure it is, but it might be. But I still say that there's no way they're going to say... Because here's the thing, if, there was, if, if the vote was illegal, the illegality was not on the part of the captain. So he's going to go to court and say, Your Honor, this had nothing to do with me. They screwed up. I was supposed to be made captain. They made me a captain. They told me I was a captain. They gave me a captain's badge. They gave me captain's pay. You're going to take it away from me now because they screwed up? Like that, that, that doesn't make any sense. You're punishing the wrong person. Right. So I think if that, I think when all of this stuff starts going to court, which is going to be very soon, by the way, I understand there's going to be depositions soon on that case uh, within the next week. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how much money the city is going to end up shelling out for all of these shenanigans at the uh, city council meeting. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the censorship, the Twitter, Facebook censorship, but we're going to save it for next week because uh, we have a couple of guests. One of the other things going on in Methuen is um, the Methuen Cares 
and um, helping uh, the veterans, helping homeless people, helping people that are hungry, people that can't get food because of COVID for whatever reason, they're not working, they lost their job. Um, and our guests here today are actually kind of part of that, right? They're, they're Clear Path New England is uh, working to help veterans in the area, and you guys are doing this not just all over the state, but you're, you're actually kind of targeting Methuen a little bit. Uh, with me is Amelia and Michael from Clear Path New England. Why don't you tell people kind of who you are, what it is that you do, and try and tie it into Methuen, because oh, a lot of our, uh, our viewers and listeners are from Methuen. All right. Do you want to start? So I'll take lead. Um, I'm Michael Mullen. I work for Clear Path for Veterans New England. Um, my technical role or title is program development, but that's, that's not at all... Um, not at all accurate. I'm more of a jack of all trades. But one of the things that I'm doing right now is I am working on administering the Methuen Community-Based Needs Assessment. Um, so what we're doing is we're trying to get um, veteran perspectives on what it is that they need, what it is that Methuen is lacking, and what the city can provide for them that they're not currently providing. Um, so if there's anybody out there that's listening that is a resident of Methuen, I would encourage you um, if, if you're a veteran or a immediate family member of a veteran or a service member, um, I would encourage you to go online, look at our Facebook page, and it's uh, Clear Path for Veterans New England. Just give us a search and fill out that community-based assessment, um, and we'll um, we'll be implementing that feedback and everything that we gather on that on that survey and um, making our suggestions to the city, and hopefully they they run with it. Um, we are also doing um, Food for Vets food box distributions, and for the month of October, well, let me back up just one second. Um, those are typically for veterans, service members, or immediate family members of veterans, um, but for this month of October, we are doing um, food boxes for anybody that needs one. So if you come down to the loop right next to Margarita's every Thursday, um, we've got a We've got a, uh, a distribution site going. Just come on down. Um, you can register ahead of time online. You working with Randy over there? Yep. Good old Randy Carter. Got to be careful of that guy. Yeah, he's gotta a shifty Got to be careful of that guy. Yeah, never trust a man. He's a, good, he's, a, he's a good guy, though. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about him. All right. By the way, you've got a great radio voice. Oh, I'm you. sitting here listening to him, and I'm like, I might be out of a job soon. If I, <laughs> this guy decides he wants to change careers. Go uh, on. Amelia, talk, talk to us about what it is, uh, who you are, what it is that you're doing for ClearPath. Uh, my name is Amelia Wandell. I am the canine obedience trainer at ClearPath. I run the obedience program. Um, our mission at ClearPath is to, we have the service dog program. So our mission is to, at ClearPath, to build a safe and supportive and respectful place for veterans to seek help and resources to successfully integrate into the community. So for the service dog program, we have um, the puppies that we raise and train, and we match them up with veterans, and we have them with fosters until usually eight to ten months, and we have them do socializing. Um, they live with the fosters, and they come in for weekly training several times a week. How often are you coming in, Mike? Uh. <laughs> It feels like constantly, but yeah, three, so three times a week. Three times a week right now. So they're coming in for training um, with one of our trainers, and they are socializing at home. Um, and after that, they are getting task trained specifically for veterans with PTSD, TBI, and uh, MST. So mm. it really depends what the what the triggers are, and then we are training specifically for a nudge, a paw, a head on the lap. They are... Um, trained to recognize the heart rate, disturb sleep, wake the veterans or military members up from a nightmare. So it really ranges on what they're trained to do depending on who they're matched up with. So that is our service dog program. Um, we also have the obedience program. So that's offered to the general public or veterans. Veterans or military members can attend for free. And it's the dogs we're training, not the, not them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, Some might need it, though. You never know. It's true. I do train humans a lot more than I train the dogs in the <laughs> obedience program. I guess that's true. Um, so the obedience program is the puppy head start class, the red phase, white phase, and blue phase. The blue phase is where we're getting ready to pass the CGC 
test, canine good citizen test. So we do those three phases, um, and then they are good to pass the CGC test after that. And um, that is a free service we provide to veterans and service members, um, and it is at a small cost for the general public. So how did you how did you decide to get involved in this? Are you a veteran? I'm not. So so, and I'm not either, right? And I, I, I people always say to me, "Well, you must be a veteran. You're always <laughs> doing all these veteran things. I, I did a book on veterans." And, and so, you, but you're not a veteran. So what made you want to get involved? So I have been a vet tech for eight, eight years. Um, and I started working in animal, be, animal behavior, doing internships, training, um, continuing education, seminars, webinars. And I really loved animal behavior. So I loved working and helping animals and I wanted a way to help people too. So I had, um, I had saw this position opening and I really, it just means a lot to me to work with the community and help people with PTSD and TBI. It's just probably, it is the most meaningful job I've ever had. So I wouldn't do anything else. In all of her vast (laughs) decades of experience. (laughs) So um, talk to me about how the dogs interact with the veterans and the benefits to the veterans. So having them trained for those tasks isn't the only thing um it's they live with them so it's not like we just train the dogs and send them out okay go Mm -hmm. so we continually train them they come in for training they come in for re-evaluations to make sure that everything is um staying up to date and the dogs aren't developing new problems so when they graduate so they'll go through the phases they'll graduate this uh cgc and they will continue to come in for new trainings with the trainer that they worked with before. Um, but it's having that companion, it's that support from that dog, not only just the task training with right. their triggers. And it's, um, so as, as far as the service dog program goes itself, um, just speaking of that, not the obedience program, um, to get involved with it and to apply for it, there's a couple things that you need to do, and one of them is have your therapist or your doctor get on board and, and think that it's, or um, agree with, you know, the sentiment that that's going to be something that's going to benefit this veteran in one way or the other. Um, another thing is just having um, a couple letters of recommendation or, or write-ups from friends, family, coworkers, people who think that this service dog would make a positive impact on their life. Um, but the service dog is just one piece of the pie at what we do. Um, we do, I, I don't want to necessarily call it wraparound, but we provide additional services and support outside of just the service dog program itself. If you're coming to us to get a service dog, you're going to be involved in our peer mentor program. Um, you're going to be coming to some events, um, becoming part of the community. And that's really, I think, what the biggest piece of the pie is, is the community itself. Um, because as a veteran, I know that when I, um, left the service and was trying to reintegrate into the civilian world, um, trying to find my footing. Finding a place where you fit in and where people understand you is more important than anything. And that's the most healing thing you can get. I was going to ask you how you got involved in this. You are a veteran. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about what made, what, how you gravitated to a clear, clear path to help other veterans? I mean, a lot of veterans come back and they, they don't really want to think about what, what they went through when they were in the service. Right. And that's and see guys like you, Randy Carter, Amelia, some of the people that, that, that come back. We actually give awards at a, at a charity bash every year for veterans that come back and help other veterans. Um, so I'm, I'm curious because so many don't want to do that. They don't even want to think about their service. And people like you come back and actually go, go back into basically helping other veterans. So... It- it was a long road to get here, and it wasn't exactly immediate. Um, one of the things I'm passionate about that I do with ClearPath, but I've been doing for a while before working here, is just um, doing talks or trainings or presentations, um, seminars at conferences on military and veteran culture, and talking about military and veteran identity. Because um, I know when I got out, I, I, I had just gotten back from Afghanistan, um, spent a year there. It wasn't the best year. It wasn't the worst year. Um, but when I got back eight days later, I was enrolled um, in college to finish my undergraduate degree. Um, and while I was there finishing my degree, I was there for three semesters, I didn't share with anybody that I was a veteran or that I had just come back. 
and I was in Texas at the time, so you think, right? You know, it would have been well received. Somebody surrounding, right? Yeah, but um, yeah, identity, it's a, it's a fluid thing, and I've come from one end of the spectrum where I didn't want to be associated with it, bounced to the other side where I only wanted to talk to other veterans, only wanted to interact with them, and now I find myself kind of in a happy medium. Um, but I actually ended up going to graduate school to get my counseling degree, mm -hmm. clinical mental health counseling, um, with a concentration in military and veteran psych. Um, and so that's, that's like my lens that I bring to the, mm -hmm. to the organization. Um, but really what I want, why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I know that I wanted someone to truly empathize with me and understand me when I was seeking help. Right. Now, a lot of people, when they think of veterans, they think of the 95-year-old guy who's at Dunkin' Donuts every morning with his friends talking about, you know, Vietnam or Korea, right? When people think of veterans, they think of World War II vets. Very seldom do they think of the younger guys. And I've noticed from going to veteran events for over the last 10 years that the number of younger veterans and the number are getting bigger. And the older veterans, obviously, they're dying off, unfortunately. Um, so you, you're dealing with now a much different crowd of veterans how do you deal differently with the older veterans versus the younger veterans well i mean there's there's definitely um differences uh depending on the era that you'd served but there is so much more similarity and so much more shared experience than there is differences and it's really just focusing on that focusing on what you can connect about and building that trust and that relationship and that understanding and then getting to doing the real work Give, um, give us the number or the website if somebody's a veteran, they're watching or they're listening on the audio podcasts um, and, and, and they'd like to get some kind of help with anything, whether it's helping with paperwork to get their benefits or they want a service dog or they just want to talk to somebody. Right. And so just before I even do that, I just want to say, you know, if anybody needs anything that's in this community, the veteran community, um, service members, family members, feel free to reach out to us. And if it isn't something that we can handle ourselves, we will happily refer you to someone who's competent and able to assist you. Um, but you can look us up at ClearPath New England or ClearPathNE.org. That is our website. So C L E A R P A T H N E.org. Um, you can also look at us up on Facebook. We have a lot of good info on there, um, it's updated very regularly. You can, you can find that uh, Methuen Community-Based Needs Assessment up on Facebook. Um, but yeah, just look us up. Talk us about this Methuen uh, Needs Assessment. How did this come about and, and how was it helpful? So one of the things that is vital and crucial to being able to be a successful organization in this capacity. If the smoke bothers you, please let me know either one. <laughs> oh, no worries. Okay. Um, is understanding the community itself. So if you don't understand what they need and understand what's lacking and, you know, what's important to them, you're not going to be able to help them. So we teamed up with the city of Methuen um, to look at, you know, Methuen's veterans specifically to see what it is that, that they need, what's lacking. Um, talking about like their VSO, um, talking about the programs and services that are offered for Methuen. But it's also just collecting that basic demographic data that we're going to be able to report back on and um, hopefully analyze and find something um, meaningful to move forward on. Do you guys work together or are you just kind of both working for ClearPath? Do you guys, like every, do you guys see each other every day? You work together every so day? So COVID or coronavirus, um, it has definitely thrown a wrench in the works for us. Oh, yeah. And we are unfortunately um, all a little bit more independent right now. Mm -hmm. um, but we do cross paths. Um, not as often as I think we'd all like, but we're a team. <laughs> Talk about this needs assessment. What does it say? What is what is it? It's is it a it's a blueprint for. So it's it's basically something that's going to take like maybe three to five minutes to fill out. Um, it's just simple questions. Um, looking at, I've got it right here. Um, so this is something you give to the veteran. The veteran fills it out to let you know what their needs are. Yep, and they can do it online. It's an online form that they can go on, fill it out there, submit it, all good and done. Um, they can come down to the Methuen Senior Center on Wednesdays from 11.30 to 3, if they don't have access to an internet or access to a computer or aren't competent or able to use a computer, you can come on down, fill one out in person, or we can help you fill it out um, if that is the, the case for any individual. You can also give us a call at 
888-8813, and that will connect you with um, one of our team members who could do this over the phone for you. If that's Can you give easier. me that number again? I'm going to post it. Yep. 978-384-8813. All right, we're gonna make sure we get that up on uh, up on Facebook. But um, really, just I just need to underline this. Sure, this is happening because we want to know what you guys need in Methuen, and it's all about you and whatever you need. So right. this is for you. This isn't for, for any, Methuen. For any veteran, um, even if they're not in Methuen, but you're located in Methuen, right? If like there's a veteran in Lawrence who. They're, they're in, I, I would encourage them to come on and fill it out. Um, we're going to be branching out after we conduct this Methuen one. I'm not sure exactly where we're going next. Um, but We the, could use the, some help in North Andover. Yeah. I think, I mean, just about every town could use some yeah, help. Right. Reevaluating things and making sure everything's lined up so yeah. that everybody's getting what they need. But even if you're not a Methuen resident, you can come on, uh, fill it out, and we'll gladly accept that um, and hopefully you know, be able to do something down the line. Amelia, what are some of the things that uh, ClearPath is doing that people don't know about? For the canine program? Yeah. Um, so right now, well, Scooping unfortunately, <laughs> that is really true. So we <laughs> did, um, we haven't made the announcement yet, but we did just get three new puppies. Um, so we have, well, we got one named Johnny Rowe. Um, I'm currently fostering him, and he is getting big very quickly. Um and then we have three new puppies who are all in foster homes, and Michael has one. Yep, Miss Maggie. <laughs> Miss Maggie. Um, she's a sweetheart, napping in the car great. right now. Yeah, she's, she's the littlest one. Um, and then we have Monty, and we have Angie. So they are currently all in training. They come in three times a week right now for training. How long is the training for the dog? Right now? So I would say, like, overall, it probably goes out to about 18 months, start yeah. to finish. Wow. So the fosters have them for a portion, and then um, we as the trainers, so Cindy, our other trainer, will start training when they get matched up with their veteran. Um, then we start task training. So the application process, once you go online, as a veteran in, veteran or military member, you go online, fill out the application, which is on clearpathne.org, go into the program, service dog program, um, and you can actually start filling it out online. You need a series of things, DD-214, um and like michael was talking about the rest of the application right and, and there's, there's some screening questions on that yeah. form that you're going to look up on our website so you'll know right away if, if you're going to make eligibility for our program um and from there it's just a matter of following through and getting that application in and yeah. again if anyone needs help or has confused about the process just email give one of us um an email or you can call us are the fosters um, also veterans or can anybody foster so anybody can foster as long as they would make a good foster. Yeah. So, so that, we have kind of. So a you screen the fosters too. Oh yeah. yeah. These puppies need a good home. Uh, they need a lot of attention, and it's very intensive. Um, I know I'm working my my full time gig on top of doing this fostering thing, and I think I haven't slept in about a week. Oh wow. Um, so you're fostering too. Yeah, but it's it's worth it. It's yeah. absolutely worth it, and it is. Um, but it's got to be hard. You foster this dog, you get close to him, and then he's got to go. He's got to go. Mm -hmm. To a veteran, you're gonna, then you're going to say, oh, that's the hard part, right? Yeah, no, it is. It absolutely is. And I think it's an impossibility to not develop an attachment right. and get uh, connected to these puppies. But I think what makes it worth it is just keeping in mind that this dog is going to make some veteran's life right. all the more worth it. Do you guys it. know Donnie Jarvis at all up in Newberry? Donnie, Donnie has a service dog, Mocha. He's, he actually wrote a book, did a coloring book uh, about Mocha. And now everything, everything's about Mocha. Um, and he, he was injured three times. Kept going back, kept coming home injured. Um, after his third time, they gave him a service dog. And the, the, the difference in his attitude, the difference in his demeanor, the difference in his outlook is 360. I mean, it's 100% it's it's different than what it was before. Right. And those who know Donnie, Donnie's like one of the greatest guys in the world. He does all kinds of great stuff. Um, helping veterans in the Newbury area. And he, he actually, we let him write a veteran column for us every month, him and his brother. Uh, I, I thought maybe you guys might know him because he's like Mr. Mr. Uh, dog, what do you call him? Um, service dog guy. Um, I actually, I don't know him, but this Mocha coloring book has piqued my interest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the very least, I'm looking at one now. <laughs> so, And he's using the money to help because uh, Mocha, I guess, has some medical bills okay. that he can't pay. Um, so he's using it to try and pay for the medical bills. And I'm always, I'm always 
I love genius, right? Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creative person. I run a newspaper. I do this. So I love creativity. I love genius. And, and, I, and I watched what he did going from, you know, where he was. And now he's like Mr. Community. He's out there. He's putting drop boxes for flags that need to be burned. That, you know, he's, he does all kinds of stuff. And I, and I love that. And you guys have people like Donnie coming through mm-hmm. every day to get their service dogs. Talk, mm-hmm. talk about the fulfillment of that. So, again, what I, what I was talking about earlier, and I think what you're mentioning now, it's all about the community. You know, you get involved, you, you partake in one of our programs, and um, whether it was your intention or not, you end up becoming a valuable member of our community mm-hmm. and end up helping others just as much as you're getting helped yourself. And that's what it's all about. So even when people sign up in the dog program, it's not just the dog program, like Michael was saying. You know, we have the peer support program that hooks onto that. And once we have the building... In November, I mean, that's really everything, right. and we're very excited for that. Yeah, and so speaking of that, so we have, um, we're located on Fort Devens, or Devens, um, the old Army Hospital looking over at the uh, softball fields on Antietam Street. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a hospital, our decommissioned hospital that we own, and we have been going under or through a, a very... Very expansive renovation of the property, and uh, in the middle of COVID, on top of it, oh, yeah. yeah, it's been a challenge, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. um, and on Veterans Day this year, we're going to have our grand soft opening, um, and we're going to be fully operating um, shortly after that. But um, it's going to be a place where it's a one-stop shop. We're going to have a clinical services provider and in-house veteran and first responder healthcare. Um, I'm going to be working on their side as well as the Clear Path side once they get inside the building. But if there's a veteran that needs individual therapy, group therapy, stuff like that, they'll be able to come in, do it all in-house, as well as getting taken care of um, uh, beyond just the mental health aspect. So they can be part of our family force program, our volunteer program, our peer program, our dog program. Um, and it's just it's, it's going to be a great place. It's going to be a place where people, I think, are wanting to just come to hang out instead of just coming to get something. In, in How many week. veterans are you guys servicing, like, a week? So that's a, it's a tricky question. <laughs> um, but if you're looking at just the numbers of, like, all the veterans that we've reached since the beginning of COVID through, like, our Food for Vets drive, we've given out somewhere just under, I think, 15,000 food boxes. Wow. And those are two-week food supply boxes. Wow. And that's not just us. We're partnered with uh, Massachusetts Military Support Foundation, um, and a lot of other uh, local or New England veteran organizations. So we can't take all the credit, but we are reaching a lot of veterans this year and finding our purpose throughout the pand- pandemic. Can you talk about some of the other services, um, homeless veterans, some of the other things that you guys are doing over at ClearPath? So um, as far as like homeless veterans goes, um, I know that Jason was probably talking about that or a little bit about that mm-hmm. last time, and he's definitely the the guy to ask those questions to get the, the best responses. Uh, well, we actually asked him while he was here, but just in case there's people who were watching that didn't see that one, I figured I'd ask again. Well, I mean, if, if anybody needs anything home or housing-wise, um, we would be more than happy to help you get to what you need. Um, we might not be able to provide you with what you need ourselves right away on the spot, but we will be able to connect you with someone who will. Great. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Thank you. <laughs> you can't have any more. <laughs> um, I do want to highlight our Family Force program because I don't think we mentioned that yet. Yeah, please do. Um, So as part of, um, you know, our organization and our our mission is supporting not just the individual but the family itself. Um, If you look at what it's like to be a service member in the military, you're part of a team, you're part of a group, you know, you you all have your, your role and as far as treating the individual, it doesn't happen. You don't do it in the service. So we treat the family. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say treat. We serve the family. Um, and so there's things there for spouses, for children. Um, Active duty as well? Or? Yep. Okay. Yep. We, um, and we, we serve veterans of all eras, um, service members of all. Well, service members would be current. Um, family members. And it doesn't matter if you had a dishonorable discharge Bad kind of bad conduct discharge. We serve everybody that has a really, really. Yep. Well, that's pretty amazing because a lot of times we'll find um, we do homeless outreach, and sometimes we'll find a veteran. We usually we, we would call Randy, right? And Randy would come down and climb the banks of the Merrimack River and help us, you know, get the guy, make sure he's a veteran, ask him certain questions. Um, 
I forgot why I started that. Um, well, I mean, some places they, they only provide services to, if you meet a certain criteria, if you had a good, good discharge or oh, the dishonorable, right? So yeah. we found a couple of guys that were, that were, that were dishonorably discharged and the organization he was with up in Haverhill at the time were like, yeah, no, we can't help them. They, right. they, they, they weren't honorably discharged. But they still served, right? Yep. So you guys are still helping them. Yeah. And I think that's the way to go. It broke my heart. Um, we had a guy that was dishonorable, and, and, and Vina just wouldn't help them. They just wouldn't right. help him. Right. And it was like, so what do we do now? The guy did serve. He served. He served his country, and he might have done something stupid and got thrown out. Right. But he's still, he's still a veteran. He still needs help. Can you guys help him? But the answer that we got was no. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the case for some organizations, but not all of them. We're not the only ones. Um, I don't know any off the top of my mind, but um, we're willing to help you know, any veteran that comes on knocking on our door. Right. And it's not just area-specific. A lot of places are only working with post-9-11 or um, specifically like Vietnam era veterans. We're working with everybody. What's the, what's the hardest group of veterans to reach? What's the hardest group of veterans to get help to? Marines. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like Vietnam versus Afghanistan, but I'll go with Marines. No, that's the honestly, what it is, it's, it's all about um, the individual needing and recognizing that they need something and want to do something for themselves. Because you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Right. They got to want it. Right. So you don't see uh, like uh, any particular group being harder. The Vietnam veterans aren't weren't harder than the Korean veterans or the Afghanistan veterans aren't harder than the... Like I said, I think it's just a matter of um, recognizing what makes them unique, mm -hmm. but also just harping on the similarities. And as, as long as you're going on the commonalities and not the differences, you're going to have a better chance of success. Now, a lot of, a lot of veterans are addicted. Um, a lot of them, unfortunately, get out and they, and they turn to substance. And, uh, and that goes hand in hand and, with trauma, and, and they abuse it. Do you guys have? Um, do you guys have a detox program? Do you guys have programs to help veterans that are that that might be they might be addicted and they might need that kind of help before they can get the other help? So we don't specifically, but the um, the organization that I mentioned earlier, Veteran First Responder Healthcare, their specialties are um, working with individuals, um, you know, veterans and first responders that have. Um, issues around trauma and substance abuse and the way they um, intertwine the com mm -hmm. comorbidities. So we'll have someone in-house that can help. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to do an in-house detox program, um, but we'll be able to get them the help they need um, using that. Using that um, so you guys really are like a one-stop shop for veterans that need any kind of help, and if you don't provide it, you're partnering with people who do. Right, and we're not trying to reinvent the wheel either. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to um, do what we do well but uh, collaborate with the community and just have those good relationships where we can hand somebody off to and know that they're going to be taken care of. Other than Methuen, what, what other communities do you guys work in? New England. <laughs> All over New England, anywhere, anywhere in New England. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's it. Um, I mean, until the building is, is complete, you know, we've been doing everything we can. Um, we've been doing box distributions down on the Cape. We've been doing it in New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, uh, Massachusetts, obviously, Connecticut, Rhode Island. Um, so we're, we're out there in one way or another helping out all of New England. If it's not us, it's an organization we partner with on these Food for Vets boxes. Amelia, you're just so quiet. You just talk, 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 talk the whole time. I know. I'm obnoxious. I, right? It's, it's just <laughs> awful. <laughs> um, I guess the last thing I have is the if you are interested in or you feel that you need a service dog or interested in the program if you want to go on the website and check it out if you need help with the application just shoot one of us an email um and you could always send an email to info yeah. at clearpathne.org that's our um you know if you have any general questions or don't know who to contact just shoot an email to that address and it'll get routed to the right person how long has clear path new england been around so since 2017 okay and we do have so right now we're in the middle of we just started the new round of classes, so puppy, red, white, blue phase. So I think the uh, the new round of classes, if you're interested, would be starting up after the holidays. Um, again, veterans and service members attend for free, so um, feel free to check that out on the website. You can enroll right online and choose what day and time you'd like to attend class. Is, is there a waiting list? Like, I imagine it takes a long time to train a dog, right? So there must yeah. be a, some kind of waiting list. Demand's greater than the supply. Right. Um, but, you know, the goal is is um, to make sure that these guys that are applying are ready 
And so a lot of people that are applying might not be ready to... What would make a veteran not ready? Like say a veteran wants one, says he wants one, but you guys don't think he's ready. What would make him not ready? Well, I mean, it, it's really a case by case, but simple things like just basic stability, like um, you know, being able to provide for yourself housing, shelter, um, income, that type of deal. So if they're having a hard time taking care of themselves, you know, they're gonna not going to be able to really take care of a dog Exactly, well. exactly. Uh, if someone gets rejected, can they reapply? Can they say, okay, now, like, eight months later, okay, now I'm in a better place? Absolutely. And, you, you know, if we think they're they're not ready at the point when they apply, we'll try and work with them and get them to a point where they are ready. We're not trying to turn anybody down. What's the perfect veteran to get a dog? Like, what what is, what is you? Okay. <laughs> like the perfect kind of veteran is—is is it is it the older? Um, there's no, there's no perfect. It's really, someone who wants to help themselves, someone yeah. who wants to get better. Yeah, it's it really is someone who's motivated to um, improve their quality. I was of hoping life. you guys were going to bring bring some of the dogs in because that would have been fun. But you, I got Miss Maggie down yeah, in the car. She doesn't like she, the smoke. Though. She doesn't like the smoke, and she is tuckered out. And I told her, I said, there. "Listen, I smoked. It's the way it is." <laughs> You can either come or not come, and she was like, "You're not having any." Do not get that uh, dog hooked on cigarettes. Do no. not. All right. okay. <laughs> She's too young for that. Yeah. Uh, and just real quick, one last thing that I, I failed to mention is we're a SNAP provider. So if anybody is um, in need of or looking at um, SNAP benefits, applying to the program, if they are already in the program and have um, some issues or questions about their uh, about the process, or if they just want to learn more, they can reach out to us, and we can help them out with that as well. That's great. What are some of the other before we go? What are some of the other benefits um, that ClearPath offers to veterans besides what we kind of hit on today? I mean, it's such a big program. I, 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 I kind of feel like we could probably fill two hours <laughs> talking about it. But oh yeah, and you, well, I could talk other, all day. The other um, <laughs> workshops that we're going to be having when the building opens. So like the culinary, uh, yoga. Yep. So there's other programs once we get the building open. Um, and who's funding all these programs? Like, well, who's paying for all this? So we, it's donors, it's grants. Um, those are the, those are the big two things. Mm -hmm. We do our fundraisers. Um, but that's really it. It must've been hard with COVID to try and have fundraisers. Extremely. Yeah, they didn't yeah. really work out. So our dog no. festivals canceled, and we can't. Yeah, we can't do most of our fundraising. So are you starting really to ramp difficult. up, like maybe planning? So now that like the world is kind of going back to normal mm -hmm. a little bit, are you guys like no? I mean, we've always got um, you know contingency plans and things going on about what we can do, um, but it's all based off of official guidance and what we're able to do. What brought you guys to Bethune? Like, there's a million communities out there, and Randy. Randy, let's see. That's this damn is, Randy. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. This is the guy you got to watch out for, that guy. Yep. He does love Methuen, I'll tell you that. Um, and, he, and he is a good guy. When when we're doing homeless outreach, there, there have been times on more than one occasion when we'll find a guy in a tent on the banks of the Merrimack in North Lawrence somewhere. We'll give him food. We'll give him clothes. And I always ask, whenever we're servicing the homeless, I always ask, are you a veteran? Do you know any veterans out here? And we had a guy say... Uh, yeah, I'm a veteran, and he actually had his DD-214s with him. And I called Randy. It was like maybe 2.30, quarter, 3 in the morning. Randy got out of bed. Oh, he never picks up for me at that time. Right? <laughs> I'm cuter. Um, he gets out of Ouch. bed. He drives to where we are, climbs down the banks of the Merrimack River to where we are, talks to the guy for 10 or 15 minutes, verifies that he's actually a veteran. There's certain questions, I guess, you can ask that you can tell if they're full of crap or not because yep. people do lie. We've had that too. Yeah, it happens. Um, and then would take the guy, put him in his car, and, and, and bring him down to the VA and get him his intakes and, uh, in Bedford and, and, and get the guy housing. Like that day, the guy's off the street. Yep. And those are the kinds of guys that I love working with. And I always, I always tell that story about Randy because he's done it more than once. It wasn't just like a one-off. It's, it's been multiple times he's come and help us. Um, and, and he speaks so highly of you guys and, you know, I want to make sure that we highlight what you guys are doing because I don't think people realize what heroes you guys are for helping these guys and women who've gone off and served our, served our military, served our country, defended our freedoms. And then they come back and they really get crapped all over. They get crapped all over by the media. They get crapped all over by the public. They get crapped all over by our government. Right. You know, the VA as, as, as much as I'm told it's getting better and it's gotten better, they, they, it, it's it's still really substan substandard compared to 
Right. You know, going into Leahy Clinic or anywhere else. Well, I think a, a big part of that is, you know, there's been this stark divide between um, the general public and the individuals who have served for some time now. And I feel like it's, it's narrowing, it's getting better, but that's a big part of our mission is involving not just the veterans and the service members, but anybody in the community that just wants to help out, wants to learn. Because once we get, you know, the two sides of the puzzle interacting with each other and working together, that's where you get that understanding. And that's where you make our communities a better place to come home to. Now, um, I think it was Randy, but one of my friends was telling me that there's a, a veteran court. I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. So I started talking to some of my cop friends. I'm like, you heard about this veteran court? And they were like, yeah, if we arrest a guy, we find out he's a veteran. Instead of going to like Lawrence District Court, they go to veteran court where they get, I guess, you know, treated a little bit differently because, you know, you're looking at them differently. Right. Do you guys, do you guys have anything to do with that? Do you guys help in that? I mean, we, at all? not at all directly. Um, it's a, um, something that's on our radar and we know of um, that we're able to at least connect, you know, with, with someone or bring it up as an option if, if the situation rises where that might be needed. Um, but we don't have a direct connection with a veteran court. If someone wants to foster a dog, um, how do they do that? What does it take for them to foster a dog? So we do have, um, they can apply, they can send us an email. Um, right now, I don't think we're getting any puppies for quite a while, but they're more than welcome. Are you in to, need of puppies? Is that, is that, is that what the whole, is that what the back, backlog is, the need for puppies? I mean, we always need more puppies, but we always need more trainers and we yeah. always need more time. <laughs> any specific kinds of dogs? Is it like, we you, work with labs, um, yeah. right now. So we we like the breed as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we look for a breeder, we like temperament. Um, we look at temperament and the soundness of the breed as a whole, um, the medical background and everything. So, um, so we, how, how do the puppies get to you? Do people just donate them? No, we um, we do work with a breeder and we purchase them. Yeah. <laughs> so the tough thing about working with, um, you know, we would love to rescue animals or dogs from a shelter. Mm-hmm. The tough part about that is even as puppies, we don't know what they went through in their early socialization period. That that critical learning period up until it's up until baby baby until. 16, 16 weeks old, that's huge. They're like a sponge. So if we even up until eight weeks, if we get them at eight weeks at a shelter, we don't know their background. We don't know what they went through. And that actually does we don't affect know mom. how oh, the absolutely. training really? yeah. It's just like how humans develop. You know, everything everything has an impact and the way that they were treated and interacted with is and even gonna determine genetics. Yeah. yeah. So mom and dad, we need to know mom and dad health wise and behaviorally. We need to know that stuff. So, so you're not just taking dogs risk. off the street. No, you, no, no. You, you guys are going right to the foundation. You're getting them yeah. from a it breeder. It doesn't necessarily rule out if we find a dog that is a potential applicant for a certain veteran and we go through temperament evaluations, but thorough temperament evaluations, and I, it matches with a certain veteran, that could work. But right now we can't just get dogs from certain rescues because it's too risky right. for us behaviorally and Health-wise, Speaking of tough. dogs, I need to go check on Miss Maggie. All right, you can go um, do that. She's down in the car. I'll come. I'll, I'll hang with Amelia for a little while. <laughs> Thank I'll you. just hit on her. That should take at least 10 minutes. <laughs> it's what I do. It's pretty confident. It's uh, what I do anyway, you know. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, I didn't say you'd be receptive to it. I just said I'd be doing it. Uh, one, right. one last thing, though, that I, I know we didn't mention is um, we're always um, in need of donations, always accepting donations. So if you... Um, you know, want to donate to our cause and help us help our communities, um, just check us out on the on our website, and there's a little link at the top saying donate now, and we would be much appreciative. And what is the email again? It's info? Info at clearpathne.org. All right, I'm just I'm posting these on, online as we speak. So. And, Amelia, I'm going to leave you with one thing to, to bring up. Owner-trainer owner dogs, we do work with. Yes, yes. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Good All right, thank you. <laughs> so that was the other part of it. Um, we do have the puppies and the dogs that we match, but um, part of our program is working with owner-trainer dogs. So if you have a dog that you would like to enter the program with as a service dog, we do that as well. We have several applicants right now that we are working with um, to train their dog from usually a young age 
Um, we usually temperament test the dog to make sure uh, they are sound. For does, the program. Does, I was going to ask you, how does that work? How do you match the personality of the dog with the personality of the veteran recipient? It really depends on, and on, it really is the dog and the person and how they work together, how they both behave, what that person needs, what that dog needs. So let's say we have someone who is, you know, not apt to, you're fine. <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny. They, they change the, the cigarette so that it will go out while you're smoking it. But then when you try to put the goddamn thing out, it smolders in the ashtray for 45 minutes. They got you on that one. So um, if you have someone, just for an example, if you have someone that's not apt to, you know, if you have depression, you're not apt to get up and get going. If you have a dog that is also a little on the lazy side, mellow, which is a lot of times what we look for, those mellow, calm mm -hmm. dogs that are very, very sound and stable, it's a great service dog. But for that person who really just has trouble getting up, getting out, because depression, it hits you hard. Right. So in they that case- They need someone more friendly. They need a dog that's like- Let's go. Right. We're going for a walk right now. And that's tough for some people, but it will help them mm -hmm. in the case where that dog is energetic. The personality rubs off on them. And it's a really positive, active dog where they're just, you know, let's go. Let's get going. So, Have you ever had somebody get a dog and then come back and say, look, this isn't working? There are times where the dog does not match. Um, and in that circumstance, we can always, we rematch. Okay. So it does happen where the dog just doesn't work out with that person. And at that point, we would say, okay, you know, we're going to match this dog with another person. We hold on to the dog for a while and see, really evaluate what the dog is doing. What It's not really that the dog's doing anything wrong. It's just that the person and the dog don't quite match up personality-wise. Right. So we really evaluate the dog, see who would be best matched with, and look at our list of applicants and say, okay, A, B, C, you could be matched appropriately with those people. So the matching process is hard, <laughs> but we, um, that's why we take so long doing it just because it's not something that we want to say, here's this dog. Okay. Just go. Just go it's right, yeah. really a long process. We yeah. want to make sure it's a good solid. And do you have like specialized trainings for veterans that have specific needs? Yeah. Yes. Um, so right now Cindy is doing the service dog, um, the task training. So it really depends if if someone has PTSD, TBI, or MST, what their triggers are and um, what they need or really. So let, let's say, you know, someone's trigger is just tapping their leg when they're anxious or depressed or stressed. That would be the dog's cue to come over and do what that person would need, which would be either, you know, a nudge or a comforting motion, if it's putting their head on the lap, if it's putting their paw, if it's just kind of getting up on their lap. So it really depends what each veteran needs mm -hmm. or what their trigger is to cue the dog to do. So that must take long. That, it, so it must take longer to train a dog because you're training each dog to the specific needs, right? Yeah. of the individual that, that's going to receive the dog. So we do. So we go through the basic obedience first when they're young. We do the critical learning period, which is where we really, really get you know socializing. We do sounds, smells, surfaces, walking on slippery floors, smelling new things, getting used to construction sites because they're going to be out in the real world. They can't be scared of a motorcycle going by, mm -hmm. so they have to get used to all of that. And when they're young. That's they're like a sponge. They're gonna right. suck it all up. And when they, if they kind of experience that after that critical learning stage, they can have a fearful reaction to it. So that's why we want to introduce them to it in that stage where they're really young. After that, then we start the obedience part. So it's red phase, white phase, blue phase. Then we do the CGC. Then it's task training. So it's a wow. it's a process. It's a long, yeah, it's a long, it's a long, it's a long process <laughs> yeah. for you guys. Yep, but it's absolutely worth it. So. That's great. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in. Um, hopefully, you guys will come back. Did you, have, did you have fun? Yeah. You did? Yeah, I survived. I didn't all pass right. out. She, she, was, she was all intimidated good. at the beginning. She thought There's she camera gonna, here. Yeah, no, I don't even pay attention to any of that stuff. Oh, the last thing that I sure. did not add was that the dog trainers, um, we're not just dog trainers. We do take um, courses. We do take all the psych armor courses, so we get a certificate to learn and... Um, be educated about PTSD, trauma, TBI, um, 
all of that so we are better educated on how to serve our military members and veterans. All right, so, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. You sure? Am I sure? Yeah, you've seen the show? The show? Yeah, the show. Yeah, no. Have you seen the show? No. no. Well, that's why she said yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're a girl, you're a woman, right? Yeah. And you're in a field of veterans which is predominantly like 95% guys. Mm-hmm. What is that like? Because I'm sure you get hit on all the time. I'm sure that you have to listen to certain things you may not want to hear all the time. Because, you know, they're not, we're not just talking about guys now. We're talking about military guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, how has that been to get through? Has it been tough? Has it been easy? No, honestly, uh, working with both men and women, because it's, it's, it, is, it is a lot. Yeah, I'd say like 75% men. It's nicer than working with all females. Really? Yeah. Really? See, I prefer working with all females myself. <laughs> yeah. I tried to get rid of Ben to get, uh, to get uh, a smoking girl to be my producer, but she doesn't know anyone. Yeah, you would. So, yeah, you would. You would. <laughs> she already knows me. Will you, will you, so you'll, you'll come back? Yeah. You'll come back? That's Absolutely. Great. Yeah, we'd love to have yeah. it. And if you can bring a dog, I won't smoke. If you, if you let me know in advance. I won't, I, when yeah, I, we can when, do that. When I first come in, I won't smoke, so it'll, this place will be all but cleared up. But if you out. get our dogs hooked on cigarettes. Yeah, no, I won't do that. No. Because then I'll have to take the dog and I'll have to take care of it. I know. And I can barely take care of me. I'm one of those guys you guys would reject because <laughs> I'm, I'm either never home because I'm at the office all the time or, or I'm home and I don't want to go anywhere, which means <laughs> not going outside, not taking you for a walk, not taking you for a poop. Um, I'm, just, I'm just staying. That's all. Um, so I'm probably one of the guys that you guys would reject. Uh, <laughs> any, any, any final thoughts before we, before we go? I know there's a lot of veterans out there who have a lot of pride and don't like to ask for help. And I think having ClearPath be uh, an organization that is so welcoming to those very people who don't like to ask for help mm-hmm. is tremendous. How, uh, it, how, how do we get them to, to come in? How do we get them to want the help and come to you? We are a family. So I just, I hope that you don't think of it as having to ask for help in that certain way. We are legitimately one big family. So please don't have fear or worry about asking for help because we're that's how it is um everybody at clear path is very welcoming so it's not it's i mean i don't want anyone to have to worry about having to ask for help it's just once you get your foot in the door there's so much that we can do for you so that's really it all right clear path <laughs> clear path new england for veterans it is uh, i just had it here now i can't it won't even let me scroll i'm gonna give the uh <laughs> Give the uh, the website again. Uh, clearpathne.org. .org. Yep. And the number is 978-384-8813. We'd love to have you back sometime in November after the election. Yeah. Right? We can bring a dog. If I didn't scare you away. I didn't scare you away at all. A little bit. Yeah, kind of. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the reaction I get from most women anyway. I get it. Just don't feel bad. It's normal. <laughs> It's normal. I want to thank our sponsors here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Uh, JG's Ice Cream. Love JG's Ice Cream. Uh, Clear Path New England for veterans who was here today. We certainly appreciate uh, Amelia and Michael. For It was Michael, right? Yep. I'm going to screw that up. <laughs> I always have to ask because I'm just so awful. You'd think a guy in the newspaper business would, would remember names better. <laughs> uh, State Representative Lenny Merrow, who I think we're going to have on within the next week or two with... Uh, state representative candidate Jeff DeFore. Jeff DeFore is running for state rep uh, in the uh, Andover, North Andover area. He's running against uh, state rep Tram Wen. Uh, Lenny Mira is uh, current state representative from Newbury. And actually, I think he just moved to Georgetown. So technically, now he's now the Georgetown representative. Uh, Borelli's Deli. If you want to get your deli meats, that's the place to go. You got to wear a mask. That's actually why I have my uh, my bandana with me because I stopped there to get some meats on my way up here. Uh, EIS Investigation. And if you want to get your gun license, that's the place to go. EIS Investigations. Uh, Marston and Son Construction. If you uh, uh, you want to. Replace your roof. You need to put an addition on your house. Marsan and Sun Construction is the place to go. Call Ronnie Marsan. Tell him you saw the show. He'll give you a good price. AFC Urgent Care. We love Lisa Williams and her husband. Um, they do great things for the community. You want to go get your COVID test? Uh, actually, we were there yesterday delivering papers. So they're open in North Andover for walk-ins, not just for COVID. You can actually go in now and get uh, walk-in service for other stuff. And McLennan Real Estate. If you're looking to buy a house, sell a house, get a uh, get an appraisal on your house, give Matt a call, give Sam a call, or give Janet McLennan, my future wife, the future the future ex-Mrs. Duggan. 
because nobody ever really stays with me for very long. So it's going to be the future ex Mrs. Doug and Janet McLennan, uh, and we love her to death. She does so much. They, this family does so much for the community. We should just have them in someday to just talk about that. They probably wouldn't let me. Uh, thank you very much to Dave Garafalo, uh, the owner of uh, Two Guys Smoke Shop and Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe, as well as Ben Kitchen, my fine, fine producer, who surprisingly I have not gotten fired yet. <laughs> Melvin Taylor sounds like he's saying we got to go home, so go home already. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was just awful on the post on my part. I'll time it better next week. All right, we'll just do this again. Melvin Taylor says, he says it sounds like he wants us to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.